Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network. We are continuing coverage of Breaking Bad. We're in the thick of things now. Uh, we're up to season two, episode six, Peekaboo, um, directed by Peter Medak and um, written by Jay Roberts and Vince Gilligan. You might have heard of him. Um, and was uh, first came out on uh, April the twelfth, two thousand and nine. Um, a pretty famous episode. I think most people um, will remember at least some thing from this episode um but yes definitely um really excited to talk about this episode because i think it's a great one um my name is nick and um you've got a good shaped head <laughs> and my name is Skankar skank and yo that's my bank <laughs> Yeah, there's some good quotes on this episode as well. Like it's, oh. uh, it's, and I think anytime you've got a character called Spooge, you're probably going to get some <laughs> some interesting kind of, um, you know, lines come out of that one. I um, I if I ever have a child, I'm calling it Spooge. That's that's my new life goal, Spooge Waterworth. I think that would go down a treat. I mean, having said that, by the time I have children, that's probably a normal name, you know. Like, I mean, we're, we're going down that path, aren't we? You know, Ben's not a normal name. You know, by the time I'm old, that'll be like Doris is today, right? Like, it's just one of those old people's names. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's one of those things of like. You know, even since this came out, Spooge was a weird thing to call somebody, and and now it probably doesn't seem all that strange. So we're probably actually living through that as we speak, which is kind of weird. Um, so so yeah, I mean, this is one of those really famous episodes. I think for for a variety of reasons, it has the kind of you know, the Breaking Bad shock value of you know like a big shocking kind of moment, which we'll talk about. But um, but but also just I think lots of kind of memorable things that kind of come up through this through this episode. So. Um, yeah, it, it, it's just a really fun one to kind of get into, I think. Um, for, and, and I think it's high Jesse content, which, you know, may make people like me not like it as much that are more invested in the kind of Walt side of things. But I love it. I think it's really, really good. So I think this is going to be one that's high on a lot of people's lists. So, yeah, I mean, we can we can kick into it and it doesn't really have a cold open. It's kind of got this this kind of weird scene of kind of Jesse playing with this bug um, at this kind of side of the road bus stop or whatever it is and you know then kind of skinny pete just turns up and like smushes the bug on the ground it's kind of like a weird way to start the episode um but you know skinny pete arrives and has details on on who's kind of ripped them off and um you know um 
basically gets this little bit of, of information about who it is and you know like the size called you know spooge and they're like what is that a real name on it and you know like it, it's just like quite a quite a funny way to kind of start this episode and you know like he we see him kind of in the car kind of smoking up and um gets his gun out and you know kind of goes to the goes to this house and practices his big speech and the male lady arrives and yeah it's it's um when we used to we talked last week and you know we talked a lot about kind of cold opens and this doesn't really have one but I still love the opening of this episode. I think it's just, it's just really fun watching these guys. And, you know, I think Skinny Pete's a kind of character that I'd maybe, you know, I'd, I'd always like the character, but I think kind of rewatching it now, I'm enjoying this kind of character more and more as we go along. Yeah, what's he say here when it's like he's got the address and it's like, how do you spell street? And he's like, I've got shit to do. I can't be like spelling, yo. Like again, another one of these things, which I wish I remembered this. Cause I like should have asked him. I should have asked Charlie, like, you know, so how do you spell street? Um, I'm sure, I'm sure he gets that like every single time somebody meets him. But um, yeah, it's funny. And I like this kind of debate. Like, is that an S or a five or a five or an S? Um, and uh, yeah, poor bug just getting squashed on the, on the ground essentially uh, while Jesse's like saved it. But yeah, um, yeah, I, I I like sort of Jesse in the car, like badass Jesse, because like it's kind of um, you know, we got we got Walt killing Crazy Eight last season, and you know we kind of build his way up to it. He's, he, it's kind of the different ways they do this. Like I know Jesse's not about to kill someone, but like he's got to be badass, point a gun. But like you know, you had Walt sort of writing that list down, you know, pros and cons of killing him. Whereas here it's kind of like Jesse in the car, like you know, with the gun and that. Where I had him at the front door, like give me my money, bitch, give me my money, give me my money. Be like you know, kind of talking himself up to it. This would be me. This would be me if I had to threaten someone with a gun. I think like talking. I don't think I'd be smoking crystal, but um, yeah, it's um. <laughs> I, and I have to say, like, I love the set for this. Like, I'd be fascinated, like, if you watched any commentary if it's in the book. Like, did they just, like, get a house in Albuquerque and do it? Was this an actual house that looked like this? Like, I mean, I, I've never, well, not that I know of, met a meth user in my life. But, I mean, as movies and TV shows and the media uh, have me to believe, this is what they're like. So, like, I believe this. This looks like an absolute dump, a squalor, like, just everything about it. It's, like, it looks so good with the way they've put this out. So, um, sorry to our meth users if they're listening, if this is not what it's like. But, um, yeah, uh, I'm sure you have a glamorous perception of podcasting as well. So, um, <laughs> well, yeah. I, I think, um, you know, like, uh, I've talked a lot when on the episodes that we've done on both shows about i hate when they when um tv shows do this kind of really stereotypical drug user you know somebody turns to drugs and therefore their whole life falls apart it's kind of like just shorthand for you know we don't want to actually spend time showing the downfall of somebody so we'll just show them using drugs and you know like their whole life is turned to shit like i, I hate that um but i think i think it's really important to show the kind of impacts again going back to you know the the unintended consequences of like these guys are drug users and and you know you want to see how that's actually impacting on on real people uh, so mm. i think this is really important to, to kind of connect up you know what they're doing actually has a cost on human beings um, because i think it can be a little bit easy and i think the show got a little bit of criticism especially in the first couple of episodes for kind of glorifying drugs um you know and that it, it kind of made you know making drugs look slick and cool and, and and i can kind of understand that so i think this episode comes at the right time to kind of show the human cost of of 
um, getting hooked on these drugs and things like that. So I, I do think it's a it's, it's a very timely episode as well. I think, um, yeah, I'm sure not. And I think you know we talked a little bit in that montage scene at the end of the last episode about you know showing a, the variety of different people that might use meth. So they're not all going to be like this. But I, I don't think there's any doubt that there are some people that are like this. You know, that, that I don't think there's any I don't think there's anything wrong with showing a particularly stereotypical version here. I think it's the right time to do it. Well, it's also a case too. Stereotypes exist for a reason, um, and yeah, they. I'm with you. They kind of go overboard with it sometimes, but you know, th- there are definitely people like this out there. Um, mm. y- you know, unfortunate as it is, so um, you know, sometimes you do need to show this side of it, and as kind of as you said, it comes from a place where it's like. Um, you know, you can go overboard in this show and, yeah, you don't want to sort of glorify things like that. But, um, yeah, to kind of have that level of, of things. Because it's, 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 you know, they don't... I mean, I know there's definitely a, a scene in this season where they kind of never really go over, out of their way to show that, oh, by taking drugs, you're going to feel a certain way. Like, oh, yeah, this is great. But, um, yeah, it's kind of... It's interesting to really see this darkness of, of what this affects and just, like, this house and just, like, we're going to get this kid and just, like everything along those lines with it, which is interesting too, because like, obviously like Jesse uses, um, he's obviously clearly not addicted and kind of as badly as, as these people we're about to meet are, there's obviously a, a different level of being addicted to things. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I've known people who are frequent users of some drugs and they are normal people. Uh, I've known people who are frequent users of some drugs and you can definitely tell how it affects them. Um, <laughs> You know, so, uh, yeah, and I think this is a kind of a good level of showing the, the, the ends of the spectrum, really. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, and, and, and um, you know, like, I do really love the male lady. I think she's great. Um, she oh, I love this like woman. She, yes. She, she looks like she's on safari with her hat. Like, is that, are they hats that they actually kind yeah, of wear? Yeah, that's pretty much what they wear. Yep. Wow, okay. That's, that's interesting. Um, yeah, I so miss your funny. little postal things in New Zealand, Nick. You've got those little buggy things that drive yeah, along. I yeah. love your little post New Zealand post things. I miss those. Yeah, they're kind of like um, electric scooters. Like, you actually can't even hear them coming. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, they're pretty cool. Um, yeah, so and then we kind of just see Jesse kind of break this window and, you know, um, gets inside the house and he's kind of shouting, trying to find somebody and nobody's there and he sits down on the couch and then this kind of little kid just kind of comes out of nowhere and, you know, this kid is obviously, you know, very unkempt and, and not looked after and kind of, you know, chucks on like infomercials or something on the TV and just kind of sits there and, um, and you know, like, Jesse tries to talk to him and he's pretty non-responsive and then eventually just says he's hungry you know so this is going to be the big setup and obviously the whole peekaboo thing the name of the, the episode comes from the interactions that Jesse has with this kid and I, you know, I think kind of this is the the kind of heart and soul of the episode really is Jesse's kind of um, affection for this kid who's who's in this terrible situation through no harm of his uh, no no none of his own doing which um, for our third watch listeners out there flashback to uh, infamous Dirty Kid storyline with Bobby at the beginning of season two, which I was very critical of, uh, that went absolutely nowhere and had no point. But this definitely has a point. This kid reminds me of Dirty Kid, essentially. Um, But, yeah, I mean, this is kind of just the whole thing with this episode, isn't it, with just this kid? I mean, I I forgot about the kid part of this storyline and 
can I just say I, I'm generally that person who cannot stand children actors. Like generally, when they get those obnoxious little kids who are just so annoying and they can't do it. When you get a good kid actor that can pull it off, like I'm all for it. Like you know, do it. But this kid, like I mean, I know he says like two lines in this entire episode, but like it's not about the the lines. Like you just believe this kid. Like whoever this they got for this kid to just play there and not say anything and do mm. this and do that. Like he's great. Like this yeah, kid is amazing actor. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's kind of. It's a bit different from Jesse the other week when he was with that other kid. And he's like, yeah, I don't like carrots. <laughs> you know, now he's kind of this poor little kid who's essentially just, uh, yeah, just been abandoned, uh, you know, in this disgusting cesspool of a house. So, yeah, so good. And, like, also props to Aaron Paul. Like, because, I mean, you know, they always say never work with kids and animals, right? But, like, I mean, you know, you believe Aaron Paul just so concerned about this kid and just everything along those lines. It's, it's weird to say that Aaron Paul and this kid have good chemistry because that sounds wrong, but I think you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I, look, I think it's just one of those things that kind of, you know, you like Jesse's a really good character for kind of pulling at the heartstrings, and you know, he is the kind of the human that for, for for all the bad things that Jesse does, he's kind of like the moral compass of the show. He's the the kind of human anchor that kind of, um, yeah, it's 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 just really really good um it's interesting to kind of look on the imdb page that you know the trivia page that actually this this little kid is actually played by twins this is a full house situation here Um, they do that in so many tv shows yeah 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 so um so yeah i think that's that's really interesting um yeah i I think you're actually right It, it works really really well so um yeah, yeah. So uh, then we can kind of move on. We, this is, you know, we're going to come back to this. Um, th- there's kind of two storylines going on in this episode. One is the Jesse stuff, and then the stuff going on with Walt, which I think is also super, super interesting. Where you know we kind of go back to their house, and um, you know the, the the phone calls, and and um, you know, we obviously get this thing that Skylar picks it up, and and um, Walt's back at his first day at work. That we find out from her, um, and the phone calls from from Gretchen, and. Um, yeah we get this kind of quite awkward thing where you know um obviously they haven't spoken before um and you know Skylar's really wanted to call her and thank her for the money and and Gretchen doesn't immediately correct her it kind of leaves that hanging there and then um you know um Skylar said she'd like to meet up with her and Gretchen offers to do it today type of thing so um we're going to kind of have that straight away and um, I think some some really good acting from from both these actresses in this scene um and you know that's going to continue on throughout this episode so that's kind of our setup then we kind of go to Walt talking and um you know teaching in the classroom and, and we get this whole big speech about carbon um that everything is made up of carbon you know whether it's diamonds and you know like human beings and carmen is made of carbon when when <laughs> when principal carmen walks in um and yeah i think it's I'm, I'm i'm trying to like am i just really stupid that i can't find what the connection is with the carbon stuff um i, I don't feel like know I'm either, nick I, yeah. I didn't ever, I don't think I ever did chemistry. And when I did, I got, I, 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 I was learning from Walt in this scene. I didn't know that. Right. <laughs> so. right. I just wondered if there was a connection to something else that, that is kind of like why he goes into so much detail about carbon. It kind of, is it just to kind of show that he actually knows a shit? You know, is that kind of what we're talking here? Is that, you know, um, just a reminder that this guy knows chemistry better than anybody, you know, um, maybe that's all that it's about. Um, but, but yeah, I think it's, it, it's cool to see him back in the classroom, you know, um, and um, we kind of then have this, this kind of private conversation with Carmen and she kind of just says, you know, he can, you know, 
he can go to her if he has any issues which is is yeah it's, it's kind of a bit of a, a a weird kind of awkward interaction i found um but not not bad it's just like a little bit awkward really um and then we kind of see walton walt jr kind of walking back to his car and i like that somebody's taken one of the missing posters and and you know graffitied it and left it on walt's car it's like i'm missing my pants or something and it's like yeah i i really like that i think it's funny like i it's funny like i think we're meant to feel like walt jr is really affected by this but i don't really get that sense that walt jr is really that worried about it he's maybe just a bit embarrassed more than anything else yeah i think they like in all seriousness it's like i think they kind of needed to put something a little bit worse on that post because like i mean is it really that bad like it's almost like a bit of a joke like it's almost yeah. like you know when walt the other episode like put his hat on is like i'm just gonna duck out to the Seven Eleven. like i feel like it's just a bit of fun like you know like um, yeah, so I, 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 yeah, I'm kind of with you because we kind of get that cool scene in the car later on when he's kind of, you know, talking about burying him in fire ants. But um, I, I like the car. I like this Bentley uh, that you have from Gretchen. Um, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a nice looking car. And yeah, like I, I agree with you. I kind of like the interaction with these and you're kind of almost like, oh, what's going to happen here? Like uh, he's going to get found out again. Mm-hmm. Um, are we meant to believe that Carmen's flirting with Walt? Like the way she's like, come and you, if you need anything, if it's personal, like, is that meant to be something? Yeah, I, I, I'm a little confused by this as well. I don't think that's what it's meant to be, um, but I can see that that's totally how it could be read, you know? Um, yeah, and and so I think probably we we maybe just missing a line or two of context, you know. And um, I'm sure there's probably super fans of the show that are screaming at us that you know it's obvious, don't you see that? But like I'm I'm not really seeing something that jumps out at me. I, I, I don't I don't think we're meant to see this as her kind of flirting with him. I think we just meant like I think that's just kind of how it comes across. Um, it, yeah, it's like there's just that kind of little bit of tension there, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean. You know, he could do worse. Um, but, I mean, she's got a ass like an onion. It just makes you want to cry. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. there, there's that. But, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I, again, I'm, 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 I legitimately knew nothing about that with Carbon. And I just, again, I, I love how they always paint out like his kids are just so fucking bored. Like, yeah, just, yeah. you know, I guess it's typical high schoolers, right? But, yeah. I mean, there's got to be at least one kid in that class who's loving it. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, there's always one nerd. There's always one Martin Prince in every episode. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and then we kind of cut back to Jesse, and he's got the kid, and he's feeding this kid. Um, and this is yeah, you know, Jesse plays the peekaboo with him. Um, I'm I'm kind of a little bit, um, you know, like I, I kind of watched a bit of a an, a secret, not a secret scene, but just like a explanatory kind of three minute documentary about this episode that's attached to each of the individual episodes on the dvd and um like they kind of talk about this kid being seven years old i i, I never got the impression he's supposed to be that old like i was mm. thinking kind of like three or four maybe you know like um yeah but i think it's a little bit unclear to me on like how old they're going for with this kid um but anyway like so yeah he's playing peekaboo which is obviously where the title for the, the thing comes from and this is where um spooge and mrs spooge come home mm. um and you know um um, you know, he kind of um, grabs the kid and takes him into his room and says, stay there. Um, and this is where he kind of, kind of pulls the gun on, on Spooge and, and his his wife. And, and yeah, this is kind of the start of, of that part of the episode. But so we've kind of, you know, we've kind of built the the tension there behind that there's a kid in this in this room. And now we're going to get into the other stuff that's going to happen with them um, before we kind of cut back to Walt and his story. Yeah, maybe he's meant to be like, older but you think he's younger because like because he's older and kind of stuck in this situation like he's not educated like you know yeah. he's still wearing a, a nappy and kind of just because they're such bad parents you know so maybe 
yeah, because I, I didn't think he was that old either, but I'm, I'm terrible at telling the ages of kids. I, I, I don't know. Um, but I like how he's just sitting there. He's got like a bit of mayonnaise on his like top lip and just, mm. you know, gets shoved into the room. It's kind of like, you're like, I know later on you're going to see kind of this kid's locked in this room with like barbed wire and a lock, but you actually see like the padlock on this kid's door, um, which kind of is even more like, holy crap, like that's, that's even worse, this poor kid. But um, yeah, I mean, we talked about these two Spooge and Mrs. Spooge last week with the makeup. Like, God, the makeup, like, God, they look, just they look disgusting. <laughs> they just yeah, look yeah. absolutely, you know, terrible and as as they're meant to. But um, yeah, uh, we talk about couples that how are they together? Um, I mean, you know, <laughs> drug drug dealers, right? Yeah, yeah. I love how like um, Spooge's woman, as I think that's what her official title is, um, like just screams, like just starts screaming. Yeah, and like and 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 Jesse's just like shut up shut up um there's this kind of again like one of the trivia things is talking about that the writers kind of saw spooge as being like a, a, a nurse or an emt who had started using prescription meds that he had access to and then kind of just fell into being a meth user so you know that's actually not that that's not canon as such but they say not these it's supported by cues in the script such as instances where spooge uses sophisticated medical terminology so um so yeah just a bit of an interesting backstory potentially although it's not actually official that that's maybe in this you know in, in this episode I, I i was thinking that she looked like a former nurse to me if you had ever asked me mm, well there you yeah. go um, absolutely that's <laughs> what i assume my nurses look like yep yeah yeah totally yeah but anyway so we get the kind of walt and walt jr arrive home and and um this nice cars on the driveway and um they come inside and obviously gretchen's there and this is where my line from the start comes from she talked to actually he's got a nice shaped head or something and um <laughs> might have been shaved head actually but i heard shaped um but but anyway um and yeah she wants to rub it for good luck or something it's like this is, it's really awkward and it's meant to be awkward you know like it's just and you know just the way walt's face drops you know like as she um you know as he comes on the door and sees who it is and um but then also gretchen's pretty kind of um you know awkward as well and just wants to get the hell out of there um and she kind of leaves in a bit of a hurry and and walt kind of follows her out and kind of tries to get information about what's being talked about and and she kind of drives off without saying anything so um so so yeah i think it's um it's all very well played in terms of making it quite awkward and and building some pretty good tension that's going to have some payoff at the end of the episode yeah because again it's the the trope of oh is he going to have to say something or this that and everything else but um yeah i like the the number plates what gray matter gray mutter mtr as well (laughs) so it's kind of there, I mean, it is a nice car. Like, I can't say I've ever really been into Bentleys, but I mean, you know, it's 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 a good looking car. Um, I yeah, I know I sort of alluded to before, but I like that scene between Hank and Walt Junior, uh, Walt and Walt Junior in the car when um yeah, he's like talking about burying him in fire ants or whatever it was, just kind of like yeah, yeah, fun little scene. But um yeah, yeah like it's uh it's I agree with you. I kind of I like the Walt stuff in this episode too. I mean, it's not the standout moment of the episode, but um you know, there's enough there, and I think I think we kind of needed a a story around this sort of lie around Walt sort of saying where he's getting the money from, you know, it's kind of, oh, it, yeah, totally. it makes yep. a bit of sense to, yep. to kind of allude to that. So he just doesn't get away with it completely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I think um, as I kind of talked about and, you know, when we last saw her, I think Jessica um, haked, haked, sorry, I never quite know how to pronounce that. Um, Let's call her Carol. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think she's really good here, you know, and I think she kind of just, um, 
like you kind of get the whole that these two used to be a couple and now they're not like you kind of get the the awkwardness between them i think it just yeah she doesn't get a lot to do there's no, there's only a few episodes but what she gets she just absolutely delivers and i think it's one of the, of the hallmarks of the show is that you know you have lots of characters who don't have you know a gazillion lines but they're actually when they are required to do something they absolutely knock it out of the park all the time and you know we've already talked about about skinny pete earlier on you know like he just that character is great you know it just does everything that you need it to do it's and and he does just such a good job with it yeah no i i agree and like it's you know we've famously said about gretchen and elliot that you know they're, they're not in it as much as you think um but uh yeah obviously gretchen's in it a little bit more than elliot because i again is this the last time we see her until the finale because i thought mm. i read that we didn't see them at all to the finale so maybe i was wrong but um mm. we get at least one appearance here from gretchen yeah Carol. yeah yes yeah so then we uh we get susan? To... no she's susan isn't she so she's susan, she's susan. yeah she's, she's susan. susan sorry yeah, friends yeah. fans sorry susan yeah yeah, well, that's all right. Like we've already got Breaking Bad fans yelling at us, so we might as well have, um, have Friends fans yelling at us too. I think but, the Friends uh, fans are a little bit more forgiving than the Breaking Bad fans. Yeah, like, they don't take their show as serious as they do Breaking Bad. <laughs> yes, yes. And then we're back to the Spooge um, household, and you know Jesse's kind of threatening these guys with guns, and you know, basically kind of making them, you know, like pull out all their pockets and everything and like where are the drugs and you kind of used as all that you know like in that period of time um and we kind of just get this great scene where he's like basically you know have you got it up your ass and like both of <laughs> them kind of like pull their pants down and have like this awkward kind of like you know like it feels like they just couldn't have staged that like they actually did you know like reach up their ass <laughs> like just the just <laughs> the way they're positioned yeah yeah it's really good I, I think it's just awesome I, I like this whole like we've kind of got this this little kind of um, sub beat going on where he goes on about oh you know I've got brain damage from the way you hit, or head injury sorry from the way you hit me with that gun you know like he keeps kind of referring back to that which I really like um, yeah yeah, these guys are just so good. I eh? like just everything about it is just is just so much fun. Um, but, but yeah, and and so basically, this kind of leads to Spooge going on about, oh, I can pay you, and uh, they go out the back and. Um, I do like Jesse's thing about, oh, we're just going to go and have a talk or whatever out the back to the, the little kid who's kind of wandered back in here at this point. Um, and obviously, Spooge has got this ATM out the back um, that he can't get into, um, which is kind of like great. And I love this whole thing about, you know, it was, how did you get this? It was kind of a victimless crime. And he goes on about it being a victimless crime. Um, and then we kind of get this kind of flashback scene of, you know, um, the convenience store where it was taken from and, and, you know, the convenience store worker, you know, dead in a pool of blood. And, you know, as I say victimless crime I, I really like that I think it's it, it's cool it's um it's not overplayed it's it's just really really good so this is kind of going to get us into you know a, a bit more about these characters and um you know trying to break it open and he's got this big kind of sledgehammer they've obviously brought it back inside at this point and um yeah and, and this is where Jesse kind of has a has a bit of a go at the mother about the the state of the child and, and all that kind of stuff so you know like Jesse Jesse kind of been a bit moralistic and um but I think it works for the the context of this episode the one thing that i have to question about this just to be the nitpick guy is that they say something along the lines of like this is like the fifth or sixth one that they've stolen but they've never gotten into one so like what are they how keep bad are the albuquerque police department if they're allowing five or six of these like shouldn't there be like an mo of these people out there like you know it follows the same thing like it's sort of I mean, how forgiving are banks in Albuquerque that they just allow their, their money to get stolen like that? Like, I don't think you need that line to say that this is like the fifth or sixth, because that just makes me want to ask more questions. If you just say this is the first time they've done it, then okay, like, sure, they don't know how to get into an ATM. Like, that's the joke about it. 
Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. And, and then also, how hard is an ATM to break open? Are they this hard to break open? Like, I mean, <laughs> sure they don't are. Start, I, I, I wouldn't recommend Googling that. Like, you'll end up on nah. some kind of police watch. But, um, I won't be here next week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, one thing yes. would be fun when, like, the, the actor here getting to smash, like, I've always wanted to go, like, I know you can do it in some places where they have, like, a room and they'll fill it up with, like, glass and you can get a sledgehammer. It's just kind of stress relief. You can go and smash stuff. Like, um, you know, I always I always like to do something like this or, like, do a renovation where you get to knock down a wall or something like that. Like, um, you know, I, I go into, like, Maya here in Australia, like a department store where they've got, like, the real fancy, like, glassware section. And it's just always, like, being a thing. Like, I just want to go in there with a hammer and just smash everything. I just think it would be fun. Like, you know, I'm not going to. Don't worry, Australian Federal Police or whatever, or <laughs> Maya management if you're listening. But um, I don't know. It would be fun to do that. Maybe I need to become an actor and become a meth head. But, um, yeah, like he, he's just, he keeps calling her a skank, right? This is where we, it's, it's almost like they don't ever call me chicken. Keep referencing back to the future. It's back to the future. Kath and Kim, friends and Dexter. Like, we should it, keep a running count about which one we, uh, we, you know, reference the most. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So skank's going to be her weakness essentially. But uh, yeah, this kid as well. Cause like, I like it when she gets the kid and she almost like, you know, almost, I don't think she uses it as a shield, but the way she kind of hugs the kid sort of on the couch before they go out the back to get this ATM. So, yeah. So, one of the things I was thinking is, like, why did they not go back to the whole Etch-A-Sketch thing? Like, he could have, you know, that that might have been, like, a nice little callback, I suppose, and, we'll, you know, we wouldn't get a great scene later on, so we don't need it. But, you know, Jesse could have used that knowledge. That, that that might be quite fun of, like, you know, where Jesse's been working with Walt, so he understands, oh, if I use the, you know, make this bomb out of the stuff from the Etch-A-Sketch. Yeah, that's I can, a good point. I can, yeah, so um, potentially there was, there was an opportunity missed there, but I'm not complaining because of what we get, you know, during this whole thing thermite sorry is the thing that he could have mm-hmm. used um so, so so yeah there was maybe some potential there but also what we get is really good so and then we go back to potentially a scene stealing kind of um scene that we get here you know like this is a great jesse episode but maybe kind of brian cranston kind of steals it from underneath him with this fantastic scene of walt and gretchen kind of in this diner um and I love how it kind of starts with this really, really kind of wide shot. Oh, yeah, I was going to mention that. Um, I love that too. Yeah, I think it's just really cool. Um, yeah, and, and so, yeah, and so that's a, that's a lot of fun. And we and then we kind of come in on this like really kind of intense um, discussion, and it kind of starts off with Walt kind of a, like apologising and you know saying that he regrets getting them involved. And you know, again, I'm going to keep keep harping on about it, but you know, the unintended consequences of the you know like he has got these guys involved unintentionally. Um, so so yeah, I really like that. And you know, just this, it's just really really good here. We're kind of talking about you know. Um, and it kind of gets into that that Walt's got some, I, I guess, some unresolved issues with with Gretchen and Elliot potentially that they've stolen opportunities from underneath them, and it's kind of hard to know without having the full context of what happened. You know, who's in the right and who's in the wrong here. But I think it's starting to build this case of, you know, Walt's a guy who often has grievances and holds grudges and. Um, feels like he has life's not fair and he's he's missed out on things is kind of what we're getting here but yeah just this this really intense conversation and you know um 
you know, there's some great lines here, you know, kind of Gretchen says something about, you know, what happened, you know, what happened to you because this isn't you, you know, I think that's a, it's a great line and it kind of encapsulates what's happening to Walt, that he's becoming a, a completely different person. Um, and, and I think that that's really good. You know, just Walt's just really self-righteous through this whole thing. Um, and, you know, kind of ends with her kind of pitying him, you know, she feels sorry for him. Um, and we get a fuck you from Walt, which is, you know, like for a show that doesn't use a lot. And I just think kind of the venom that he delivers that in um, is, is really interesting because, like, now he's at her mercy at this point. Like, she could just easily turn around and just say to Skylar, well, you know, I haven't given I haven't given Walt a cent, so you might want to ask him where he's got that money from. But, you know, his kind of pride is more important to him than, than being careful about what actually happens here and what's revealed. And it kind of gets to him. And, I, you know, that whole thing of that whole fuck you is delivered just with such venom um, and such anger. And, you know, I just think the acting between these two is, is just really, really good. Like, I just, it's top notch. I just, I, I, everything about this scene just is so, so good. Do you, do you, you're watching the Blu ray of this, do you have the uncensored or the censored? I've got the uncensored. I have the censored version for some reason. So like, right. it's 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 odd to hear this. Fuck you. Um, yeah, like it's, yeah. it's clear as day what he's saying, but it's, it is odd because all the other episodes where they've said fuck, I've I've had it uncensored. Whereas this is the first one when I've got a you. Yeah. Um, which is a bit disappointing, but yeah, I'm with you. Like I just love the opening of this, like the way they kind of do that. You get you get a lot of this in Better Call Soul because there's a lot of more sort of um you know inside shots like this and meetings and things like that. But I mean the acting here is incredible. Like I mean. I don't think we ever got this from Carol slash Susan in Friends because, I mean, she didn't really have the material there. She was a one-note character. Ha-ha, <laughs> she was a lesbian. Um, So, you know, that was very funny in the 90s. But um, here, like, she's incredible. Jessica Hecht, Hecht, whatever you say her name is, so good. And, like, you're right. Like, you kind of – you don't know the context. So it's kind of hard to believe both. Like, and you kind of almost sympathise with both because it's sort of – you're obviously sympathising with Walt because, you know, like he feels he's had this stuff stolen from him and it seems that way and he's holding a grudge. But it's just kind of, it's it's Gretchen's reaction when she's kind of like, like are you kidding me? Like, you just left. Like, you know, there's, so there's more to this, I feel like. It's very layered. Um, mm. But, yeah, you're right. Kind of like, you know, Gretchen could at, at any point just blow the lid on this sort of stuff and just just that anger coming from Walt, just that whole fuck you. It's just like, wow. Mm. Um, so... Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty harrowing. Like it is I mean, you know, I think there's a, easily a scene in this episode for a top 5, but I mean th- this could be a a whisper of one maybe. Like it's kind of like cuz I don't feel it will make it, but you y- you know, there's there's a, a an honorable mention maybe. Yeah, I think I think what it is it's kind of a bit of a forerunner for for who this character is turning into. Like I think this is maybe one of those first scenes where we kind of get him like he he just doesn't really care anymore like he's actually, you know, he's more invested in his pride than he is in anything else. And, and, you know, suddenly like, I, I think that kind of fuck you line is just delivered with the kind of anger that we are going to see more of as the show goes on. So it's kind of maybe just, you know, exhibit a and, and kind of the, the Heisenberg taking over the Walt character a little bit. So um, yeah, it, 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 it's interesting. Cause like, I, I think, a show like breaking bad, you're going to kind of gravitate towards top five moments that are kind of, 
the kind of shocking gore potentially but you know like just you know those kind of real big you know, kind of oh my god you know like on the edge of your seat type moments mm. um and that we're probably gonna as the show goes along have less and less opportunities to get kind of just an intense dialogue scene in there into our top five so um maybe we need to just have a, a, a bit of a closer look at this the problem is is that there's just so many of them like i think we talked last episode that there was at least two between walt and jesse that were you know comparable at least if you know like you i i, I personally i like this one better but i think there are so many good and maybe it's because you don't see much of gretchen that this one stands out a little bit that there's just so many kind of walt and jesse um and and walt and skylar arguments that, that you kind of take them for granted but this is the kind of one we get between walt and gretchen and it's you know it's amazing so so maybe that's part of it but you know like a, a great dialogue scene if, if we've got room to fit one in this would this would definitely be a call for it i reckon yeah, no, I can I can see an argument for that, and I mean, yeah, it's, I mean the acting alone, like I mean, just Brian Cranston's delivery and the anger and everything that he's got going in his face, and just yeah, you feel this guy's pain and kind of this grudge that he's held on mm. for so long, you know. So yeah, no, I agree with mm. you. Yeah, and then we're kind of uh, back at the at the Spooge Manor, and um, <laughs> you know we got a second game of peekaboo where the kids kind of initiating it more than Jesse, and um, you know the mother sneaks up behind him and knocks him over the back of the head with a blunt object and and knocks him out. I don't know if I, I don't know if she kind of directed the kid to do this or not. It was kind of a little bit unclear from the, from the episode. I, I don't really know if that was a kind of premeditated thing or not. I, I kind of don't think so, but it's a little bit unclear. You could make maybe make a case that you know the mother's tried to get the kid to premeditate this with her you know i don't know um but anyway like you know like he kind of you know like druggily kind of wakes up and and you know the um sorry no that's the next thing so you know jesse jesse's been turned out and then this is the moment where the, the gun gets turned on him while he's been knocked out yeah i i i kind of thought that about the kid a little bit but um yeah, I, I I just assumed it was more of a, you know, just a circumstance. But I do, like, I love the editing here, kind of like where you've got, like, just this POV shot of Jesse and he's kind of, you know, it's it's all warped and yeah. he's fading out. And, you know, again, classic TV movies that you get smacked over the head with something like that that hard that you don't die. Like, I mean, I, I don't know. I've never been hit over the head that hard with something. I'm sure you don't die all the time. But, I mean, you know, blunt force trauma to the head that hard. I, I can't imagine he's going to, you know... <laughs> might have a caved in skull i don't know but um mm. yeah like i just i just like the editing and kind of how it like fades to black and then we kind of open a fridge like it's again i just i just love little clever little <laughs> editing things like that it's kind yeah. of cool yeah yeah no i think it is really good um and yeah and so that then that kind of moves us here to the fridge and and what grabbing a beer and um we kind of get this this scene here where skylar tells that tells him that gretchen's called and she's cutting off the funding and you know didn't give much more information and and walt tells this really effective lie i think basically that um that they're broke you know they didn't want to say anything but they're actually out of money and that's why she kind of made contact again and um i just think it's really good and i think it probably talks to you know like Walt, when he's making these kind of um, pretty straightforward lies, he's very convincing. And the more, and it's probably true for everybody, I suppose. Like the more, the more elaborate your lie is, the less convincing it is. And I think just you know, Walt's really convincing with this fairly simple lie. It kind of makes sense. I think if you were Skylar, it would be pretty easy to buy into. And I think she's probably a little bit predisposed to think that. Um, you know, because if we go back to the um, the Grey Matter episode from season one, you know, I mean, she she kind of felt like they were being looked down on a little bit too. So she's kind of a, a, a bit predestined to kind of think that Gretchen and Elliot, you know, like them um, 
being broke is, is a bit of a joke or yeah you know, not a joke but you know like um that they deserve not, it or something yeah, like that. yeah 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 so i think it's just an effective lie that he tells i, I think it's um you, you can see this kind of gradual change now where he's starting to get good at at these lies which is interesting because we talked about how the other week like you know he's so good at like acting like he's lying to me this is like the first time that he's kind of it's unbelievable. Like, and I don't know if it's meant to be like that because it's just the way that Brian Cranston delivers it. He's kind of like, oh, well, you know, like, you know, you know I, I don't know. Like, just kind of, and maybe that's the point because, you know, he's getting away with a pretty easy lie here and Skylar's like believing it. Um, and like, I love the way she even says at the end where she's like, yet she still drives a Bentley. Um, but the, the one, the only thing that I have like any criticism of this is like, you know, going back to a couple of episodes ago when Skylar's like, you know, where are you going? Like Skylar's kind of getting this revenge and she's kind of the one going out and is just fed it up, fed up with, uh, you know, Walt. She's kind of just gone back to just not caring. Like, like you know, where were you tonight? I'm not even going to ask you. Oh, well, like, let's move on and sit on the couch and have a talk. Like it's kind of, she's gotten over it in some way, which, you know, like I feel we needed to have some extra layer of talk. I don't know if that's just me or not. Maybe there was a deleted scene or something and they just didn't use it, but it's kind mm-hmm. of, she's kind of gotten over it all of a sudden. And now she's just back to how she was last season. So that's kind of my only thing where I'm like, I feel Skylar still needs to be hung up over something here. Yeah. And I think when you consider how long she kind of held on to the Marie issue and held yeah. on to that for a really long time. So yeah, it's, I think it's a valid criticism to be fair. Um, yeah, and then we kind of get back to our kind of big final scene here, which is basically kind of Jesse wakes up and, um, and you know, Spooge has now kind of got the ATM kind of leaned over a chair and he's underneath it, like almost like it's a car. You know, he's kind of under, underneath the hood of a car, underneath this ATM, which is kind of precariously kind of leaning on the back of a chair and he's got a cordless drill and, you know, like this is its weak spot and I'm going to get into its weak spot here. And, um, and you know, like, like Jesse's kind of keeping quiet and trying to um, grab a, is he a gun or whatever, trying to grab a weapon of some kind i think um i think it's, is it yeah. the knife he's trying to grab his near him? right yeah yeah and so yeah he's trying to do that quietly so they don't realize he's actually um conscious again um and this is where you kind of you see spooge and and um, mrs spooge kind of having an argument here and um as you kind of alluded to before he starts calling her a skank which is the you know that's the the kind of trigger word for her and um unfortunately for for him she he repeats it like a gazillion times so it's just kind of pushes her over and she kind of you no know, just kind of calmly gets up and um and you know just kind of you know says don't call me a skank i'm not i'm no skank and and basically just like pushes the atm back on top of his head and it's like this incredibly gory scene where basically just like crushes his head and you see all this blood kind of coming out from underneath the atm machine it's yeah it's just brilliant it's just really really good you know this is such a big long scene i feel like i need to stop and let you kind of talk about this before i got to move on to the rest of the scene um, I was I was about to applaud you, Nick, for constantly calling it an ATM, and then you you ruined it by calling it an ATM machine. I, that's one of my little gripes that I hate it when people call things. ATM oh, because it's machines. a machine. Yeah, right. Sorry. Automatic yeah. teller machine. Machine. Come on. Now, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be one of those guys right now and pull you up on it. Um, so when somebody says a pin number, no, it's a pin. That's all you need to say. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, outside of me being anal, uh, yeah, this, like I rewound this scene like when I first saw it. It's like it's like holy crap, like. Like, it's just, it's the manner in which you do this. Like, I feel like you can have a scene like this and you set it up and you just, like, you know what's going to happen. But, like, I never in a million years guessed this was going to happen. And it's kind of obvious when you see it. This guy's literally laying underneath an ATM. And, like, you know, like, his head's under. Like, you kind of should see it coming, but you don't. Because it's just even the way that she kind of, like, like, like kisses a finger. Yeah. And then does it. And then Jesse's kind of just like, no! And you're... 
and then it's just kind of like he has like a bit of a convulsion and then that's it uh i mean this is a top five scene come on like yeah, this is yeah. I watched. Uh, I watched. I watched a watch Mojo top ten Breaking Bad moments of all time, and this scene I think made the honourable mentions. But I'm like, come on, this is a top ten scene. Yeah, it's pretty good, and um, I I think um, like there's a few things about it that that kind of um, kind of elevated as well. That you know, like after she does it, she kind of just collapses on the couch. Like you know, they've had this really intense thing where they've kind of been, you know, like they've, they've been held at gunpoint for the the afternoon or evening or whatever it's been, and um and then suddenly like she just kills him and then just goes and like crashes out on the couch it's quite an interesting way for that to end and yeah i mean it is really really good and it's probably um probably like one of the first kind of gore moments i guess we've mm. had on breaking bad like i think we've had some big moments before um but it's going to be a bit of a a, a mark of the show and it's always quite interesting because like i think this kind of starts a bit of a trend like game of thrones kind of picks it up and walking dead to a degree of, of like these kind of stunning moments with lots and lots of gore and blood and it's kind of disgusting and um I, like for me i've always thought it was most effective on breaking bad because it's pretty infrequent so when it does happen you're like holy shit um and then i think that it's just not like it's not super gory you know like they mm. could have made this a lot worse they could have like you know had brain matter coming out the side of the you know the atm and they don't do that it's just like this huge pool of blood underneath and it's almost you know, realistic switching like yeah, yeah yeah I, that's that's what i like about it is that you know when i think of some of the things on game of thrones it's you know there's just like blood everywhere and you know which is probably realistic as well but it just feels a bit ott um so yeah, no, I, I just I just really really like this, and you know that's obviously not where the scene ends. We kind of um, you know, when Jesse kind of runs around like rubbing his fingerprints, you know, off. Yeah, I love that. The, <laughs> yeah, runs up to the ATM and like as he's rubbing rubbing his fingerprints off, he kind of pops open, and so all this cash basically comes flying out. So you know, Jesse grabs quite a bit of the cash on his way out, and um, you know, like rubbing rubbing fingerprints off this that and everything, um, and um, and and this where he kind of calls nine one one and takes the kid out onto the front porch and and uh, I, I love that thing of like have a good rest of your life type of thing i think that's quite a you know like and and you kind of hear the sirens as jesse kind of takes off and, and that's the end of the episode but you know like it, it feels like you know jesse's yeah you know, it's all good news for him really um in terms of you know um he's done the right thing by that kid but he's also got his money so it's one of those few times when things are working out for jesse you know <laughs> um because most of the time things don't work out for jesse so um it's a, it's a rare moment where things are going his way which i really really like um yeah and i and i think there's some kind of parallels which you know kind of comes up on that imdb page about you know the start of the episode was skinny pete kind of squishing something like a bug and now we've kind of got you know um mrs spooge kind of squishing <laughs> squishing spooge's head um you know at the end of the episode which i so there's kind of like this nice kind of mirror image of that which i think is really interesting um you know it's kind of both are done as i you know imdb thing says you know both are done with without second thoughts and and the same aloof amount of ease is the way they put it which i think is quite a nice way of putting it you know like it's just it's it doesn't feel like a big deal to the person that's doing it which it's fine for skinny pete because it's a bug but for um this woman like killing her partner just so simply is is you know is bizarre but it, it's just yeah it's so good so good. they they have that on you know the breaking bad wiki they say about that and then they also say it might further reference hank's comparison from the previous episode of killing a man versus killing a cockroach um so yeah it's interesting that but yeah like it's um 
there's another spin-off potential here, Nick. You know, we've obviously got Walton Skyler's, you know, daughter in the future, but he's his kid, you know, coming yeah. back in the in the in the another spin-off or something. But um Spooge Junior. Spooju. Spooju bad. Dong no no. Um better call Spooju. Um <laughs> But yeah, I um yeah, it's just such an effective like I think if you have this scene in your top five, you have everything from the moment he wakes up right to the end. It kind of just everything's effective there. Well, yeah, it's actually not a long scene. That's no, it's like four minutes. Four, four minutes yeah, long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which I mean, we had the uh, we had the the pillow scene last season, which when I edited the video together, it was like a ten minute scene. So, um, you know, that actually went quite well. But um, uh, quite long, sorry. But yeah, I, lo- I just love him running around wiping his fingerprints. I don't know if that's effective or not. But um, like, and just the way the ATM just bursts open and he just walks off with all this money. You know, it's uh, yeah, great. It's. Yeah, we've talked the last few weeks about how we've kind of had standard endings. Like, I mean, this again, it's not a cliffhanger, but, I mean, <laughs> literally had a guy getting his head squashed by an ATM. Like, I mean, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I, want, I want to interview the guy, the Spooge, because, like, I love it when you interview people and you sort of, like, they may, you know, if you interview Sean Bean, you're going to talk to him about all of his various deaths and everything, right? Like, I remember years ago when I interviewed Grant Bowler, like, it came up with the whole thing that, like, pretty much everything I watched him in from an acting perspective, he died. Um, and so it all came to a point where we were talking about his various death scenes. And I remember in Always Greener, he famously um, bit into an apple that had a bee on it. So therefore, the bee stung him while he bit it, and he was allergic to bees. So he a very elaborate way of killing a character. So I want to talk to Spooge actor to be like, okay, so how many times have you died? And like, getting your head crushed by an ATM. Was that ever on the, you know, <laughs> the ways about you thought you would die one day? Uh, I mean, there's got to be an acting class for that, getting crushed by an ATM 101. <laughs> yeah. It's it's probably like um, the I got my head crushed by an ATM support group must be pretty no. small like well, there can't did, be many people in there. In that did you ever group. did you ever see that show A Thousand Ways to Die? Do you remember that show? I remember the show. I've I've never seen it. But I, yeah, that's it about. used to be on super late at night, and I'd catch it every now and then. So I ended up like getting the whole series and like. You talk about gore, like they go out of their way to show these like gory, you know, it's so quite gross and full frontal, but like it's actually educational because I think every death on this show is literally a death that has happened at some point in history. And it's just hilarious some of these, because they always paint out the person who dies as like the biggest douchebag. Um, so like there was one I remember was like a, a Nazi who got like shot in the head, but didn't die. So they were all like, okay, cool. But then like 20 years later, like he was just living a suburban life and he went to the fridge and he dropped something. And as he got up, he hit his head on the fridge. But because the the impact of just a small little bump, like the bullet was stuck in his head. So like it dislodged from the point and then like went into his brain and he finally died. Like things like that, where it's kind of like, again, I don't know if that originally happened to a Nazi or it was just somebody else got shot in there, but they made it, oh, he's a Nazi. Who can we think of the most evil person ever? But it's just, it was it was fascinating. Like, it's not a show we would cover on the Oz Network because, I mean, you're going to get sick of it after a while. But, like, it's just interesting because it's like, it's like how a nip-tuck, most of those surgeries were based on real-life well, surgeries. Well, yeah, it, it's a bit like... Um Six Feet Under, you know, like every episode yeah. of Six Feet Under started with a death of a, you know, an, you know, a character, not a, not one of the main characters, obviously, just like that, whoever was going to be their quote unquote patient or client for that episode. And some of them were like really simple, like somebody chokes and, and dies. Yeah. And then some of them were like, I remember the one like somebody gets mauled by a mountain lion and then one mm. where she's like celebrating her divorce and, you know, and and leans out of the sunroof and gets her head bashed in and, you know, like, like by a passing, like going underneath a bridge or something like just like really weird stuff like that. Like it's the kind of death you can imagine being on something like that, I think. 
Yeah, and it's it's interesting. Yeah, like it's I always find it fascinating when you hear these things in the news and it's a unique death and it's just kind of, you know, like yeah, I mean it's 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 a morbid fascination I think when all of a sudden you hear about these things. But it's it's like um I've never really been a fan of like the Saw or the Final Destination movies, but like I think I saw the first two Saw movies. Um, but like there was a time where I was just like, you go onto YouTube and they've just got the the twenty minute compilation of every gross death in Saw and every single gross death in Final Destination. And they just go over those elaborate ways of just like ripping these people into shreds, and it's just I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm just yeah. sick in the head, Nick. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it's um, it, it, it's it's a fun way to end this episode, that's for sure. And um, yeah, I mean, I I, I think it's it, it's just a really cool episode. So I think if we're gonna kind of um, move into our ratings that yeah you know, be no surprise um to anybody that it's a it's a buy from me um it, it's a great episode um i've got this as number five um so i've got it underneath grilled so it's the second best of, of this season i suppose so far um so i, I and i kind of think like i'm starting to form some tiers now in terms of my episodes so kind of like the top five i think are all these kind of like really standout episodes um and then like kind of underneath that are, are, are good episodes that i've bought but um a, not quite in that top tier and then you know i've obviously got a couple down the bottom only one rent so far um but you know like i kind of they're, they're fine episodes but they're nothing too amazing but this is definitely fits in that cat you know that that top that top um kind of echelon i suppose you'd say so yeah I, great episode totally a buy um yeah really really enjoyed this one you've broken your record nicholas you're up to nine buys in a row you broke your nip tuck eight streak so congratulations i didn't mention that last week that you tied it we brought that up a couple of weeks ago but uh nine in a row uh which again maybe i'll do my research what the longest any of us have ever gone in any show i mean it probably i'm guessing would be me and nip tuck in season four probably because uh, i well i went from season three episode 14 to season five episode one buying so that is a fair few in a row i'm going to assume that that although i don't know if i ever went that long in third watch maybe i did or not but um oh no i went pretty deep in third watch so anyway but uh yeah i i buying clearly buying um and yeah i've, I've ranked this exactly the same as you have i've ranked it as fifth uh just behind grilled um I mean, I was I was tempted to put it above Grilled, but I mean, I mean, Grilled was a great episode, so you can't really rank that below that. But um, yeah, I mean, God, this is just you talk to casual Breaking Bad fans who have seen this, you know, once or twice, and you know, you say to them like, "Oh, the episode where the body fell through the floor," you know, the episode uh, where Tuco gets the blown up, and then it's kind of the episode where the guy gets his head crushed by an ATM. And there's plenty more episodes to come in the future where we say the episode where this happens. Um, so yeah, but like I mean this is a top five moment alone in this episode and it's just yeah you, you you just again the episode where the guy gets his head crushed by an atm you remember it yeah and i think when we're when we're um looking at like 62 episodes is that you do kind of gravitate to the ones that have that moment and that, you know that, that memorable moment there's there's no two ways about that that's just human nature that that's kind of our way of 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 kind of um you know categorizing things as we think about big moments and episodes but kind of caught in that is also this really you know intense kind of um confrontation between Walt and Gretchen which is also a really really good thing so it's not there's more than just a, a, a frivolous kind of violent scene there's also some really good stuff around it too so and even like I think you know Jesse's kind of relationship with the kid in this episode I think is is really stellar as well so the the moment is kind of what we gravitate to and helps us to differentiate it from other episodes but the rest of the stuff in there is is kind of amazing as well 
Well, we have a scene in next week's episode, which also is a pretty, uh, an episode, which again, you say what happens in next week's episode, one scene alone with a very famous actor, um, which again, this show doesn't really go that big on the super big guest stars. This isn't Nip Tuck. Um, but like, I think, is he the biggest name actor that we ever get in this show outside of our principal cast? Yeah, I mean, just from a, a cursory glance, I can't think of any others. Um, you know, um, there, there may be one or two that, that have escaped my mind, but, um, you know, other than maybe news readers towards the very end. But, um, but, but yeah, I, I, I can't think of any others. So, um, yeah, I think it's it, it totally feels like the right um the right person for this particular character though as well like it feels like uh, it doesn't feel like stunt casting as guess like what i'm saying it feels like it absolutely works for this character yeah and i mean just uh this character and how this character may or may not go out i mean if i'm this actor if, if i'm some famous hollywood actor and you tell me that there's going to be a scene of that in this episode you're going to be in it for one episode and this is how you're going to be remembered i'm down put me sign me up <laughs> yeah yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be fun to kind of carry on. I, I think, like, we're really starting to hit our stride with Season 2 now. Like, um, probably been a little bit more set up than I would have really liked, although I've, you know, I've basically, I've, I've bought every episode in it so far, so I've obviously liked what I've seen. But, um, yeah, I think we're going to really start kind of moving into um, what makes us such a great season and, and, and such a great series overall is, yeah, we're going to start getting into some pretty fantastic episodes moving forwards. Yeah, and uh, I mean, look, I can just think of many moments again. As I've said a few times, I you know not most memorable in terms of like that. I I do sometimes not remember a lot of this stuff because I probably only watched this through twice. But I mean, I definitely remember certain moments and that. Um, so yeah, there's still a lot to look forward to. I mean, we're we're literally two episodes away from meeting a certain someone who is very very prominent in this show and i didn't realize we were so soon i thought he came in a lot later because i know the other main guy that we've talked about well the other two two main guys like i think what penultimate episode of this season whereas yeah we're two episodes away i mean the episode title will give it away when we get to it (laughs) i mean two weeks time but um, yeah well i think kind of like basically all the the main pieces of the puzzle the main characters for you know everything that happens in season three and season four we're going to meet by the end of season two yeah. um and you know then that only leaves us a few that we get in the last season that you know you don't see until then obviously um but but yeah largely every everybody every player major major player in the show will, will be in this universe by the time we get to the end of this this series uh, sorry the season and i think a lot of people forget that they kind of think that they come along later but actually mm. they're here they're here pretty early so yeah like i'm, I'm really excited to kind of get into that so yeah, it, yeah. It's, it, it's been it's been a lot of fun getting to this oh. point um but we things are only going to get better as we go forwards just to point out too we also meet another sort of prominent character next week nick oh, i forgot it's his first episode i'm not a big fan of his but we'll get to him right he has a memorable sort of death scene in a future season um but um well, it's not really death he's in a coma isn't he um oh, but yeah. yeah he he's next week oh, yeah 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 yes yes um yeah (laughs) we're lost for words we realize who it is this 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 might be the um the equivalent of nip tuck season one psychologist maybe shall not name her name (laughs) (laughs) probably not quite that bad no at least this guy has a a beginning a middle and an end yes Uh, not just a beginning and a middle yeah 
yeah yeah yes oh well i mean it's yeah it's been a lot of fun can't wait to get there but um have really enjoyed the the journey to get to where we are right now so um yeah really appreciate any feedback we've got you know follow us on all the usual kind of social media networks um and make sure you're checking out um the other cool shows and tv shows that um and movies that we're um we're following and, and commenting on on the Oz Network we uh, definitely appreciate you giving us a download and a like and in and, and all the right places so so thank you very much um, but until next episode um, my name is Nick and um, shut up you dumb skank I'm trying to concentrate and my name is Diesel and see you tomorrow Flynn thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts Spotify Stitcher Google Podcasts or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider and while you're there please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback you can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff? Yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah! If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon! That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.